Rush Limbaugh and myself agree on one point. We are indeed in a civil war. We are in a what often people call a cold civil war. We don't have armies approaching each other and fighting on the battlefield. And we don't have rampant confrontations in the street, although some of the crimes that we're now witnessing are a reflection of the conflict. But do we indeed have the conditions necessary that will lead to a full-blown civil war? And I contend that we do. Now, everything is a matter of degree. So keep in mind when I talk about this, things can either get better or they can get worse, but we do meet the preconditions according to research done on past civil wars. And we're going to talk about that here on The Common Sense Show. My name is Dave Hodges. I'm the host, and we're the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We're brought to you by the very best storable food company in the world. The best prices, the best quality, 25-year shelf life. Go look at the discounts they're offering you at preparewithdave.com. How much do you need? Six months, DHS, FEMA. Experts, Bob Griswold, you need two years. Preparewithdave.com. Well, there are three general and broad factors that predict civil war. One is economics, two is politics, three is ethnicity. Let's take a look at the economics, shall we? 25% of this country we could definitely call the have-nots. That's huge. One out of four people. One out of four people in this country do not even have a bank account. You're looking right now and go, you're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. And we have well over half the country, according to the research, 55 to 60% of America could not afford a $400 car repair bill. Boy, they're lucky if that's all they get. Politics ethnicity, economics, economics clearly were in trouble. Trump has done a lot to improve the economy. He's kept opportunities here, but the jobs we've largely largely kept here are lower wage jobs. Now you're saying, wait a minute, Dave, I read that um, black people and Latinos and women as groups have all increased their economic standing, not just lowered their unemployment rate. That's correct. How much is the question. Now, if we kept Trump as president and kept him on the present path, yes, we will continue to see an upward trajectory. But right now, there is a have and have not attitude, and people do not think this system works for them. That's a precondition to revolution, according to Collier and Hoffler, two researchers who've looked at this in detail, and they uh, operate... Uh, out of Oxford University, and their results are pretty well paralleled by James Fearon and David Latin from Stanford University. Economics. Number two, politics. The vast majority of us over the age of 35 have been educated on the notion of free enterprise. Arizona, when I first came here, was 1985, and they taught a course in their high schools called Free Enterprise. That course no longer exists. Do you find that suspicious? I do too. The, the notion that um, we have divergent economic views is real clear. You've got the extreme leftist Democrats that basically have a Robin Hood mentality. Steal from the rich, give to the poor. How do you think people become rich? They're not stealing the money, folks. They're really not. Not for the most part. They do it the old-fashioned way. To quote the late John Houseman, they earn it. 
And now we've got people like Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, all saying one thing. We need to take their money, and as Elizabeth Warren said, at gunpoint if necessary. Well, that's an antagonizer towards civil war right there. Just that one statement from a political leader. And she's running for president. I mean, this is outrageous conduct on the part of a public official, an elected public official at that. But the economics is so divergent in this country now. Since you have about half the country on some form of welfare, actually it's 45% now, down 10% from Obama. We look at this situation and say, this country doesn't work for a lot of people and a lot of people would not have trouble getting into the streets under the right set of economic conditions say like a food shortage exactly so the economic conditions are there this bleeds over into the politics when you are telling people that we are going to install a form of government this is what the democrats are doing and they are saying very clearly that we're going to take your money we're going to take your resources because you have them well, see, that's a might-make-right versus government. That's not constitutional. That's not falling in line with civil liberties. Before you can deprive people under our system of justice of life, liberty, and property, you must follow a set of due process rules in an open court of law, and the process must be transparent. Well, that's not what these people are calling for. You got it. We can take it. That's their mentality. That's communism run amok. Joseph Stalin would be jealous. So we have the political division in this country right now. This is explaining why, in part, many Americans who were upper middle class are retiring in foreign countries. I think that speaks volumes. Then you have ethnicity. You know, if you go back 15 years, America had largely crossed the divide of the old Jim Crow laws, the you know separate but equal nonsense that we went through. And we didn't see rampant examples of injustice. Uh, where I was coaching basketball in college, we had hired a new president who happened to be black. And she came in and was the victim of housing discrimination based on race. And based on what I read about the case in the paper, she was right to be upset. And she used the legal process to invoke the protection of her rights, which she should have done. That, <laughs> that's not being done in a lot of circles today because you got groups like Antifa going out there and beating people up for disagreeing with them. We got people who are raging many race wars because people look different than they do on the surface. We are developing an ethnic divide. This is why I want to make this point really clear with regard to the Common Sense Show. Something that I control. I can't control you, and I don't really want to, and I can't control other people, but I can control myself, and I can control my business. I do not hate illegal immigrants. I do hate the fact that ISIS comes in with them, Hezbollah, Hamas, MS-13, the Muslim Brotherhood. These facts aren't denied. I hate that, but their ethnicity is secondary to the political, military, economic, and personal safety threat and national security threat that these people pose. In fact, most of the immigrants coming here are of Catholic origin. They are my Christian brothers and sisters. 
and I love them. However, how many immigrants can you take on at one time from a third world country till you become a third world country yourself? And in addition, when we take a look at the resulting effects on our welfare system and our infrastructure, how can we possibly deal with that? Well, we can't. So what the media has done is exacerbate racism. Everything is racism. Trump has a policy about immigration, common sense policy. It's racist. Why? Because it affects brown people. No, no. Do you want to talk about the most hardcore people with immigration? It's Latinos who have gone through the process and become citizens legally, either through the asylum process or through the naturalization process. Those people, when I have had callers on my show, they are the most hardcore people in terms of, damn it, they need to stand in line like we stood in line. And I understand that feeling. I would feel ripped off too if I had gone through that expense, that time, that struggle. But most of the people that come here, whether they're legal or illegal, will end up becoming good Americans. Usually they realize the fruits of their work in the second generation. The first generation of immigrants, doesn't matter where they go, what country, what time and history, they usually really struggle. It's the kids and the grandkids that benefit from the actions of their parents and grandparents with regard to immigration. But we can't take on millions and millions and millions. We just can't keep doing it. We can't afford it. Because the people that come here have an average education in between the third and the fifth grade. And I'm not being demeaning. I'm just saying that's a fact. What job does that get you here in America? And then when you're off the books worker, okay, you get the idea, right? not paying the taxes, sending a lot of the money home, which I don't blame them. We talk about that sometimes so disparagingly. If you had family in another country and you were reaping the benefits of where you were now, you'd be sharing that with your family too. I don't know why we criticize that. Now people say, yeah, but that's tax dollars we're not getting. I understand. You're correct in that argument. But that doesn't make these people bad people because they are following their family interests. And do you know what they're told in their home countries? I want you to hear this very clearly. The majority of them said, we were told America has laws, but they don't care about the laws. They need us to come in and work. They're told this repeatedly, and they're told this by, in large part, our corporations that put out flyers because they want off-the-books workers. They don't want to pay health care. They don't want to pay Social Security or unemployment insurance. And this has been an age-old approach. So what we have allowed to have happen with regard to the immigration issue is rather than working with this issue on a political basis or rather than working on on an economic basis and trying to make this work for as many people as possible, we've let the mainstream media and extremist Democrats make this into a racial issue that's further dividing this country, causing feelings of animosity and hate. So when you add up the three preconditions of economics, politics, and ethnicity, you got a really clear case right here that we are headed right in the midst of civil war. And on that point, I agree with Rush Limbaugh. I just thought it was important for me to come on here and talk about this 2004 study, Greed and Grievance in Civil War. And they go through and talk about these preconditions, and we meet all three, and we meet them in spades. Now, is there a way out? Well, number one, be a human being. When you encounter people who aren't here legally, they are not your enemy. They're victims of this process just about as much as we Americans here who are paying for them. So treat them with love and dignity. 
where you need to have your venom out, where you need to recoil and strike at the heart of the problem, is to unelect these extremist Democrats that don't think America should be a nation. Don't be a nation. Yes, don't be a nation. A nation without boundaries is no longer a nation. You have to have borders to be a country. Defined borders. You must have rules about who can and who cannot come in. We have laws that govern our behavior within. Why would we not maintain our own laws for who can come in? It doesn't make any sense. California has declared ISIS, excuse me, it should declare ISIS to be illegal, but they're declaring ICE to be illegal. Immigration, Customs, Enforcement. How do you declare the federal government to be illegal? Isn't that an act of sedition and treason? Isn't that an act of civil war? Isn't that South Carolina, 1861? We're just waiting for the cannons to be fired on Fort Sumter. So you want to blame somebody? Unelect every single Democrat. Because not all Democrats are of the squad variety. They're not all that extreme. But they're tolerating it because they're afraid of the consequences from this growing movement within their own party. So what do you do? You unelect them. You unelect all of them. Now, I'm not in love with the Republicans. I mean, most Republicans are scumbags too. Not all. Some are good. Some are good. Some live up to the visions of their party, the idealism. My congressman, Paul Gozar, he is a no-nonsense guy, and he lives up to the Constitution. Ron Paul lived up to the Constitution. Rand Paul pretty much lives up to the Constitution. This president we have does pretty well considering he's surrounded from within and without by total enemies, and many of them mean him harm. Ladies and gentlemen, we will solve this problem by being kind to each other because out of hate gets hate, out of love gets love. But there's one more aspect to this, collective political action to purge ourselves of people who never mention Jesus, never mention God in public. That's why we need to fall back onto the spiritual battle. Put on the armor of God to do your job. That's it for the Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Please share this far and wide on your social media, and we'll see you back here again next time. Do not forget, you better be prepped. PrepareWithDave.com.